Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Matthew chapter 5, the gospel reading is our text today. We hear just the opening two verses. Jesus said, You've heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder. Whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, Everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says you fool will be liable to the fire of hell. Here ends our text. Dear Christian friends, Thank you for letting me be with you again. It's always a joy to come here to Grace. Let me tell you a little bit about our family. Holly and I have three children, Christy, Steve, and Nicole. Steve and Natalie have been married for five years now, and they have our two grandchildren. Gabriella is three years old, and Vincent is a year and a half old. We just spent a week with them. Uh, we are helping Steve and Natalie move from a rental to a house in Charlotte, North Carolina, where they've been living now for a couple of years. And we got grandparent duty while they packed and moved and settled in and all those things. So we spent quality time, and also quantity time, with those two grandchildren. Now, I've got to remind you, we've been living the good life of the empty nest for several years. And I love the empty nest. And so what we remembered, and we had a refresher course in, is what we had with the kids, but, you know, there's some lessons from the grandchildren that uh, came back to us in this last week. And those lessons work really well with your theme. As you're marching through the commandments and you get to thou shalt not murder, the grandchildren have some lessons. Because, you know, at first it seemed so simple. This was not on your to-do list today, was it? Got to murder someone. Not going to happen. No matter how bad your road rage going home, I doubt that you're going to be breaking the fifth commandment. And so we're inclined to just say, God, got it, checked, done. But you know, life with the grandchildren centers on this very simple idea. Now be nice to each other. Be good to each other. And that's really the positive part of this commandment. And I think that a week with the grandchildren, and all of you who are parents, grandparents, not, all those who have ever cared for little ones will say, oh yeah, I know how this is, might speak to us. It starts with this. This is a magnet. I know it looks like a simple little toy, but it's really a magnet. Because I'll tell you what, in a toy room filled with toys, including the brand new really good ones that Grandma and Grandpa just brought, if one and a half year old Vincent latches onto any toy, plastic, tin, whatever, the magnet is activated. Number one, the magnet attaches his hand in a death grip to whatever toy he has picked up. He must have this to the end of his life. But the magnet is not enough just on the toy, is it? This magnet is so powerful that it goes across the room to where his sister is. She's been playing happily until this moment. And what must she have to do in response to the magnet? Well, exactly. She's got to come across the room, step over 20 other toys, and latch onto the magnet. When two different children, two children have their hands at the same time on the same toy, the magnet goes into hyperdrive, doesn't it? Now it is irresistible. We must both have this, not to play together. No, 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 no. All other toys disappear. The power of the magnet. It's amazing, isn't it? You know, we smile. Every parent, every grandparent, everybody who's cared for children know about the magnet that's embedded in plastic. But we know it too, don't we? Are we in a plastic, magnetic world? Are there magnets all around us that make us go back to being three-year-olds? 
Absolutely. It's the magnet of somebody else's plastic or the wood of their house or the steel of their car or the space of their office versus yours or whatever it is. Magnets are bounding. And they have the same effect on us, don't they? The same magnet, clutching, that we see in kids. You know, James chapter 4 described this really well. James spoke of the first century, and the 21st century hasn't changed. James said, you quarrel and fight because you do not have. You quarrel and fight so you do not ask. And when you ask, you do not receive because you would spend it on your passions. That explains it all, doesn't it? You quarrel and fight because you do not have. And yet you're drawn to the magnet of plastic or wood or steel in somebody else's life. So what do we do with that? Well, sometimes what we do is, well, fifth commandment, breakage. And anger, that's where violence comes. Because we do not have, and therefore we fight. What's the answer to that? I say, less plastic, more puddles. On Friday morning, it had rained all Thursday night. On Friday morning, I took Gabriella and Vincent to the playground that's just a couple of blocks away. We got there early in the morning. It's just a simple little neighborhood playground, maybe 30 by 25 feet, you know, nothing big. Uh, slides, swings, simple, wood chips covering everything, easy. It had rained all night, like I mentioned, and so of that 750 square feet, there was one square foot that was a puddle, about three inches deep, puddle. I'm happy to say that our grandson has excellent vision. Because <laughs> where did he have to go the moment he got there? Yeah, there's a magnet in the puddle, by the way. It's got to be. Because he is drawn to it. Now, Grandpa is not smart, and Grandpa did not think of putting boots on Vincent because, I don't know, I just didn't think. So we have to establish two Grandpa rules really fast. We do not stand in the puddle. We do not sit in the puddle. <laughs> but... Can we still do things with a puddle? Oh, yeah. There's a million wood chips and a puddle. What are you going to do? Go ahead, Vincent. And for about 15 minutes, he had the best time. Two, three, two-handed, shoveling it. It's a puddle. And he had a great time. Is his sister drawn to the same puddle? Oh, yeah, because the magnet that lives in the puddle. But here's the beautiful thing. Could she stand on the other side of the puddle and chuck wood chips in just as fast? Of course. Are they going to ruin the puddle? You can't really ruin a puddle until it's finally gone. But don't worry, they're not going to do that. It was fantastic. Peace, calm. By the way, Grandma should have been there to applaud. It was genius on my part, but she wasn't. I do have video, though. You can see it as you go out. Um, this is good. Maybe that's our first prayer. Lord, less plastic, more puddles. Lord, I'm caught up by the magnet of somebody else's plastic, but I'm in a world filled still with the creation that you give, the good things that you've made, the puddles that are waiting, and you know what? We can all join them. Draw me more to the puddles, Lord, that are free, that are here, that are beautiful, that are your gift, than the plastic I cannot have and in fact would strike and pull out of somebody else. Maybe that's a good first prayer. Lord, draw me to the puddles you've already made, not the plastic I won't get. Well, that's the first step. Now, to get there to the, to the uh, playground, as I mentioned, we had to go a couple of blocks. 
with our grandchildren, that's scooter time. Now, scooters have moved up since our kids were little. Back when our kids were little, it was one wheel in front, one in the back, and they tipped over all the time. Now, oh my gosh, this is so much better. One wheel in the back with a little brake. Whoever thought of that? That was great. Then you get the little platform, so you stand with one foot, kick with the other, little handles, and then two wheels in the front. Gabriella is a great scooterer, whatever the verb is or noun. She can go anywhere, anytime, fantastic. Vincent, at a year and a half, is not that fast. He doesn't really fall over, but he just kind of putzes along. Now, there we go. So turn him loose on the cul-de-sac. There's no traffic. Life is good. Is there a magnet attached to the scooters, like to the plastic? Oh, yes, absolutely. Because what's the guarantee? That as she's scooting around making beautiful figure eights, where will Vincent put the path of his scooter? Absolutely. It's a guarantee. You can start over here, you can start over here. And somehow there's always this coming together. There's a magnet buried in there somewhere. Now, it's a little like, I don't know if you remember this scene, and I'm only going to do an imitation once, so don't, don't worry. It's like that old movie where Dustin Hoffman is walking across a street in New York City, and some guy pulls up too far into the crosswalk, into the pedestrian way, and Hoffman slaps the hood and says, Hey, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. That's all I'm going to do. But that's the spirit of the scooter. I'm scootering here. Don't you see? Now, it's a miniature road rage moment. It's not that they want the other person's scooter, because they're identical scooters. It's just, you're in my way. Isn't that the definition of road rage? I don't want your car. I just want your car out of my way. I'm going, and you're stopping me from getting there as fast as I want. And a lot of road rage and a lot of fifth commandment can get broken right there. What do we do? Well, let's go Saturday afternoon to a splash pad. On Saturday afternoon, I took Gabriella, and it's North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina. It's hot. On Saturday afternoon, I said, okay, Vincent's taking his nap. I'm going to take Gabriella to the splash pad. Got to drive about a mile, park in a parking lot, go a couple of blocks, kind of busy streets, got to cross those streets. She's on her scooter, of course. We have to go with a scooter. And then you get to a little splash pad, just concrete plaid, you know, about seven, eight jets of water shooting up. Oh, it's through Three-year-old little girl heaven. Fantastic. But we got to take that scooter over to the splash pad. As I said, a couple blocks, maybe three, maybe four intersections we got to cross. Now, Gabrielle is very good at stop, honey, wait, stop, wait for Grandpa. And then Grandpa makes sure it's clear. Anybody remember the old book, the children's book, Make Way for Ducklings? Does that ring any bells for you? Oh, see, some of you remember. A family of ducks crossing streets in Boston. I am the head duck. I only have one that I got to worry about. But I tell you what, I'm Mr. Crossing Guard when I'm out there with Gabriella. So I get out in the middle of the, of the uh, intersection and I need the orange vest, I need the whistle, I need the orange cone. That's really what I should have because stop, wait, we're walking here. My granddaughter is crossing and the world can just stop. That's the way I'm looking at it. Now, Gabriella, does she appreciate all that? Not really. She's a three-year-old. She's looking at the splash pad. She can see it over there, and she's getting there as fast as Grandpa will let her. She doesn't realize cars, trucks, waiting, danger, and we probably don't either. I wonder how many times God has been the crossing guard for us. 
How many times he's prevented the worst that you and I couldn't even see from crossing in our path and worse than crossing our path and slowing us down, hitting us, injuring us. How many plans, plots, or simple accidents did God push aside and keep from striking us? And we are never aware of it. We're focused on going where we're going and wish we could get there faster. But God is a crossing guard and his angels have been watching over us. Wouldn't that be a wonderful prayer too? God, remind me of how many times, though I don't know it, you've protected me. You've sent your angels out. You've pushed aside that which would have hurt me and broken the fifth commandment on me. And you've done it all. But you know he did more than that, didn't he? He isn't just a crossing guard, but he's the guard who went to the cross. He didn't just walk with us on the very same journey and same intersections. He at one point said, now you stop, you stay here, and I'm going to go there. There's an intersection of two pieces of wood that I need to fill, and not you. And he did it. And to keep us ultimately safe, this one who is our guard went to the cross. And there he gave us safety. Not just for this world, but for the world to come. And forgiveness for all the broken commandments there on the cross. And that's really our prayer, isn't it? A prayer of simple thanks. That God, every commandment has been found forgiven. Because you who could have guarded your own life and kept it safe, instead spent it on the cross. And so, more puddles than plastic. I'm walking here, but so is someone who's walking with me. We only have one last thing to do. We have to feed them. You can't go seven, eight, nine, ten hours with the grandkids, even if they've had breakfast barely before you pick them up, without lunch. You might drop them off with their parents for supper, but we've got to have lunch. Here's the thing I love about where our kids all live. They all live a distance away, but they all live near a Chick-fil-A. It's fantastic. Chick-fil-A hasn't made it to Sheboygan County where I live yet. And uh, so where are we going to go for lunch? <laughs> Why do we even ask? So we march in, take the scooters, we march in, we, put, we do not ride the scooter in the Chick-fil-A, that's another grandpa rule, and uh, we park ourselves. Chicken nuggets, got the little cup of fruit, and a milk chug. Life is simple. It's an easy thing to do. One kid on one side of the table, the other one over here. Nobody's eating anybody else's chicken nuggets. We're all good. Vincent thinks that at a year and a half, he can handle an open milk chug by himself. No, 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 no. Grandpa rule is grandpa's hand will always be on the milk chug. That's how it is. But he got used to that. And it's all about the hands. We say grace. We even say grace at Chick-fil-A. Now, when our kids were little and still Holly and I, we say grace pretty simple. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest. Let these gifts to us be blessed. That's it. Our daughter-in-law, Natalie, added something that we should have thought of a long time ago. We never did. But her tradition, and our new tradition of the family is, no, no, first we hold hands. We hold hands, which, by the way, takes just as long as saying grace. We hold hands, we find hands. No, no, drop the nuggets. We hold hands. <laughs> first we hold hands, then we say, come, Lord Jesus, be our guest. Now, Vincent... I was sitting next to Vincent on this one, is not really going to say grace all that well. Year and a half, but he can hold your hand. And that's the best, isn't it? Chubby little hand, 
with your finger stuck inside. That's good. That's grace. You know, a clenched fist is often a warning sign in the fifth commandment world. This isn't a good scene, a good thing. And so naturally, so often our hands clench down, either because we've got something we want or the anger because we don't. The easy answer to that is now just open up, relax, be open-handed. But you know what? If even that is too much right at this moment, then bear down if you must, but make sure somebody's hand is inside yours. Somebody's hand who's much, much bigger than yours. But you can hold on to him with all your might. And if you're in a place in a time when open-handedness isn't possible, then you bear down. But you bear down with his hand inside. And when you do, remember to take a look at the marks from the nails that are still there in his hand, the same hand you're holding so tightly. And maybe then we'll be better. We'll be safer. And we'll have a moment to say grace. So those are the lessons from our grandchildren. We got the kids moved. They did a great job. They still got a few things to put up, but we'll leave them to put up the, the last pictures on the wall. We had great times with the kids. We went, like I said, seven, eight, nine, sometimes we, 10 hours straight with the kids. We have memories. I'm not sure the kids will remember all of them, but we did. We had a wonderful time. And I can tell you, Grandma and Grandpa slept really well every night. Absolutely. Still sleeping well now, getting over it. I'll tell you, it's feeling good. But it all boils down to some simple lessons. It's not that complicated, really. Lord, give us more puddles than plastic. Lord, remind us of all the crossings that you have guarded, especially that one that you alone went to. And finally, if I'm going to bear down on something, Make sure it's your hand inside of mine. Amen. Now may the grace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's have a closing prayer and a benediction, then we'll hear our final song. Heavenly Father, thank you that you've given us these lessons. Lessons of commandments. Do not murder. But Lord, we need more than that. Remind us to seek the puddles of the things you've made that are free, that are open, that we can all share and enjoy. Remind us of how you guarded us in all the crossings of our life, and especially have filled that place where the cross was too much for us to bear, but you took it. And finally, when our hands are closed, let them be closed in tightly on you. Give us your grace and mercy, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.